This is not psychotherapy. Dr. Wills does not have a provider-patient relationship with this guest. These are just two people talking about emotions. Welcome to Give a Actually with your host, Dr. Alex Wills. Welcome to Give an F Actually. Today I'm here with uh, the narrator of Give an F Actually, Zoe. How's it going, Zoe? I'm doing great. How are you, Alex? Good. Thanks for being on. It's exciting for you to, for us to be able to meet. And I have a bit of a bio and then we'll let you kind of add to that, okay? Okay. Sounds great. It's been an honor to be on this. So, so Zodi Mogus is a voiceover artist who has made significant strides in the industry over the past year. With his passion for the craft, Zoe's lent his voice to two books and is currently preparing for an opportunity as the voice of a British documentary. While pursuing a major in mass communications and a minor in media design at Clayton State University, Zoe's lifelong admiration for his films and cartoons motivated him to establish his own business, Mogus Productions. Through engaging readings, Zoe has garnered dedication following over 16, with the following of over 16,000 TikTok viewers. Recently, he's had the privilege of being selected to lend his voice to the transformative book, Give a Fuck Actually. Hey, that's us. Zoe's unwavering dedication and exceptional talent continues to resonate with audiences, making a lasting impact in the world of voiceover. Did I get that all right? Yeah, that was perfect. That cool. Was- yeah, anything else you'd like to add about yourself? I, I guess it's kind of really crazy. My assistant and my daughter both sent me these links to these TikTok videos. They're like, hey, this guy is like reading your book on TikTok. And I'm like, what? And so we like, check this out. It's like, and so you're, you're reading some excerpts from the book and uh, just, you know, people are liking it and, and looking at it. And so it's like, wow, I want to find out more. And then somehow we got connected and started talking and the producer of the audiobook offered Zoe the opportunity to be the official narrator. And the book's about to be dropped next week for audiobook. And so here we are. Yes, it's been a world of emotions inside this book as well, because this is honestly the perfect book for me right now. Um, going through the emotions of like, well, to start the really the situation that kind of snowballed this into work was I read the book um, Who Moved My Cheese and that book talks about like taking risks and just going out there and doing something even though you might fail at it but doing it anyways because you'd rather at least try to do it than not do it at all and so I started in I believe January reading books online because I I wanted to do voiceover and I wanted to do books so I started with books and I think in maybe the end of January, I found your book on Amazon, like just new book releases. And I was like, oh, it's a free book. Let me check it out. And this looks very similar to this. What is it? The subtle art of not giving a fuck. And then looking at this, I was like, you know, why, why, why should I not care? Why should I, why don't I actually care? So I looked at it and I read through some of the scripts and I was like, this is, good (laughs) this is really good so i wanted to share it with my followers and every time i put out a video that i was reading your book 
um, I got at least 2000 views. So I was, I was ecstatic and it was, it was great from there on out. And then maybe around, I think, so February, I started reading it even more and then February, March, March, I believe you commented on it and I'm going to be very honest. I thought it was fake. I was like, this can't be, this cannot be the author of the book that I'm reading is telling me I should, I should read the book for the narration of it. So that was a whirlwind of emotions, but I have loved every moment of it. Now it's a, it's such a great kind of mutual dream coming true because to be able to connect with your audience through your work and introduce people to these concepts of, Hey, your emotions are not a problem. Your emotions are not something to be fixed. They're not the enemy. And we don't have to worry about gaslighting ourselves by trying to not give a fuck all the time. And to see that message resonate has you know, meant a lot for me. Yes, it has. And to the viewers, like there's been countless people that have like just talked to me in my comment section or um, talked to me privately in my direct messages and told me this book is so great. Like, how did you find it? I was like, oh, I just found it on Amazon. But it holds so many truths that people need to hear and about not controlling your emotions because there's no way you can actually control them. You know, it's the reaction to your emotions that really sets you apart from the rest of the crowd. Yeah, you know, it's, it's really such a simple message that our emotions are really just a uh, different kind of data that's supposed to give us, you know, more information to help us navigate our lives. Yet a lot of us spend lives in misery trying to fix emotions as if, you know, I always use the analogy of colors. You don't walk around saying, I'm going to fix all the red in my life so that there's no red or I'm going to control it. I'm going to, I'm going to not see red anymore. You know, you'd be literally committed to a psych ward because of making yourself crazy. But we do that all day long with emotions. Like it's the right thing to do. Right. Right. And I've actually, ever since I read this book, I have found a new perspective on life and how do I talk to my friends about certain things? And do I intervene in this way and telling them like, if, one of my friends is going through a hard time. How can I help them look at it in a different light? And how can I help them look at it to where they can extract the emotional data that this, you know, maybe it's bad or it's positive. Maybe they can, what they can get out of it. And I look at a lot of things like that now. Like um, I work in a restaurant, so I deal with people all the time and serving people and taking care of them. And if someone has a bad mood around me, I take it as like, I don't think this person is actually mad at me. I think this person is going through something in life that they're trying to get out of and they're taking it out on me because I forgot their ice for their <laughs> sweet tea, you know, or, or whatever. So it's in a, to touch on like the shield emotions thing that there's that iceberg that the top part is being mad at me or being annoyed, but that underlying, you know, iceberg that they are experiencing in their life is, you know, something that's going on in their life where they're insecure about something or 
uh, they don't want to look bad in front of the people that they're with. So there's, there's always a better side to think of it. That's a great point too, is, you know, the book kind of focuses on more insight into our own emotions, giving a fuck and being aware of our own deeper emotions. But if we could also do the same for others and realize, Hey, when they're acting like a jerk or they're pissed off or angry, I don't have to even ask to know that they've got some deeper stuff going on. They've got some fear. They've got some disappointment. They've got some regret or what, whatever. You don't even have to know exactly what it is. And that can help to give you perspective and help you to take a second to, you know, decide the best way to interact with this person. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you can save so many friendships by doing that too. Like just saying, wait a minute. And taking a step back and just, maybe there's something going on with this person. That's why they did that to me, you know, Mm -hmm. or maybe they've been done wrong their entire life in their childhood that they feel like they need to, you know, be mean to somebody, you know, because they've been mean, hurt people, hurt people. Right. That's what I know. And so that's how I've kind of taken a step back and whenever someone's being mean to me. You know, a a lot of us are naturally or sort of, uh, we were raised to not be good at validating our own emotions and what a gift to give to, you know, each other to validate the other person's emotions somehow, some way, even if it's only in your own mind, if you don't have the opportunity to have that conversation. I'm curious though. So your TikTok channel is called not funny Zoe. not funny Zoe, And then I have a public or a business page on my Instagram, which is mogusproductions.com. So that has like um, maybe about 500 people that follow it and they keep up with it. And then on my Not Funny Zoe page on TikTok, that's where I post um, all types of content. So my readings, animations, commercial reads, that's what I do on that channel. Cool. And that's a Z-O, Not Funny Z-O? Yes. Not okay. funny, Zio. Yes. Awesome. So what's a bit about your origin story? I think you're over in Georgia. And so wh- where, where are you coming from? What's, what's a bit more about your background that, you know, brings you here now? So I grew up in Fayetteville, Georgia. It was um, a very older um, setting. There's always old people around. And I think that's where I got like my courtesy from because they would always try to teach me good manners. So <laughs> I grew I, Went to Whitewater High School and that the experience of being there, um, really it didn't change anything because it was kind of the same friends my entire life, like leading up to like 10th grade because, you know, everybody stays in the same area. So I grew up with these people all up until 10th grade and then 10th grade year, I went to Africa and moved there and lived there for an entire year. I spent time with my grandpa. I spent time with my cousins that I normally didn't get a chance to, you know, get to know only until like the summertime and, you know, maybe for like three weeks and I would see them and then I'd leave and go back to America. But this year was transformative. I, the world felt so big going there Mm -hmm. and it gave me a new appreciation for the way I was living. You know, and I would see outside my window kids selling gum for their next meal. You know, the the painfulness, but it also the that's the only thing they know. 
And how can I learn from this situation of, I have it so good. I, I'm, I'm in the country of milk and honey mm-hmm. and I need to step it up. So, and school there was lovely. Um, my classmates were always nice to me, but even my first day, uh, a guy that was right next to me said, Hey, you have basketball shoes on. Do you play basketball? We should play sometime after, after this. And I was like, uh, yeah, sure. Because usually in American schools, like nobody talks to you or no one really tries to be your friend, like right off the bat. Like they kind of want to feel you out, hmm. you know, and, but this school was just so nice. And I ended up playing on the basketball team and uh, winning a championship with them. And now like the banner for the year that I was there is like in the, in like the little rafters area where they have like the basketball. And, um, it was, it was amazing to do that. And then where, where in Africa well, was that? Ethiopia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, to Ethiopia for an entire year. And it was, it was great. You know, I got even my grandpa, he gave, always gave me words of wisdom every night at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. But the one that I always remember was no matter what you do in life, whether if you're a garbage man or a doctor or a voiceover artist, be, try to be the best at whatever it is. Try to be the best. And so I've tried to live my life to, to that degree. You know, how can I get to be the best? How can I get there? You know, so. Inspirational. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Cool. And yeah, here, here we are. And uh, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting. So the purpose of this podcast is to follow emotions where they go. And I don't know if anything's been coming up for you lately. We often ask our guests if there's any emotions in the moment that they're noticing or something recently, anything that's been on your mind or heart that you feel comfortable talking about? Uh, yes, I do have a, an experience that I had within this, the voiceover world. Um, my parents have always told me, you know, I should uh, go to school and get a good job and then work and then start a family. And because, I mean, that's what they did, you know, and they followed their own passions in their own ways. And, but they were almost safe passions in a sense, or no, my, my mom was a, uh, she graduated with her fashion design and she started her own business and it wasn't the safest thing, but that was her passion. And so when I wanted to go into the voiceover world, it was, it's different. It's, it's risky. It's a creative process. So you don't know when you're going to get paid or you don't know if it's going to be a stable thing to do, but you take that risk. And my dad's a teacher. So he taught for almost 30 years and that was a very safe thing to do. But at the same time, he had to provide for us as a family. And I, and I love him for that. And so when I wanted to do this and steer away from my first passion was nurse. In the beginning, I, I wanted to be a nurse and I wanted to take care of geriatrics because that's what I always love to do. Like just talking to um, older people or uh, conversating. And I noticed I was so good at it that I became a director of activities at a nursing home. 
And so I was like, yeah, I still want to be a nurse. I still want to be a nurse. But then I started talking to the older folks and they would always tell me, they're like, I don't think you should be a nurse. And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, you talk so different than other people. You can express something and communicate with us and we understand it to the fullest. And I always thought in my mind that I've always wanted to tell stories and, but I didn't know how to do it. So when I presented that, I wanted to tell my parents that, you know, I want to be a voiceover artist. I want to tell stories for a living. They were like, I don't know if that's the best thing to do. I think you should just stick to what you're doing right now, like nursing, you know? And I kind of didn't under really understand it. I kind of had mixed emotions toward it. I was like, maybe they just don't understand. Maybe they just don't understand. And throughout that process of processing those emotions, I said, you know what? If I'm going to fail at anything, I'm going to fail at what I want to do, what I want to do, not just what, my, what will make my parents proud. So I transitioned my major. I went into mass communications and I told my parents and they kind of didn't really understand it. They were like, what? I thought you wanted to do this. What, what happened to this? And I told them what I truly wanted to do. And I don't think they understood it again. And so I had to, I remember I was preparing for my demo. So a demo is like, it has like your animations on it, it has your commercials on it and it has your audio books on it. Hmm. And I was preparing to get it done. And this was going to be basically like a resume for to be able to put out to people that want to hear my voice on their projects. So I'm preparing for it and I have maybe like $400, right? And it's, it's like 600 to produce it, right? I, I asked my mom, I said, hey, do you mind giving me some money to pay for it? Like, and I promise I'll pay you back, you know? whenever I um, get my next check or whatever. And she said, she said, no. She was like, I feel like you're getting distracted by getting your degree and then doing this later. And I remember being so angry, like in the car and like driving home because I was like, why can't they understand this is what I want to do? And I had to, I, I really didn't know how to process them at that time. So I was just like, I was just mad. I was like, I can't believe this. Like, they don't even understand me. They don't understand. Like, I can't be my true self around them. I can't tell them like that. I really want to do this. And so I, I just said, okay, whatever. I ended up getting the money and paying for the demo. And then I started reading on TikTok and I garnered some followers and my I didn't tell my parents about me doing this anymore. So later on, my friends and some of my cousins came over and they were like, yo, I, I saw your new video. Like, you're doing so good on these readings or whatever. And my mom was over in the corner and she was confused. She was like, what? What's, what's going on? What's going on? And because I didn't tell them because I didn't think they would understand. So my mom came to me and she was like, you know, why don't you tell me? Why don't you tell me that you 
done this and you've done that. And I said, I didn't think you would understand it. And I think once I said that to my mom, she realized like, this is what he wants to do. I'm going to let him do it. And I'm not going to judge. And I'm not going to um, give him, give him flag for trying to do something else than what he originally said. It was just, she finally accepted, okay, this is what you want to do. And then maybe a month later, um, you had contacted me and said, hey, I want you to do this book. So <laughs> I was like, if I had stopped and said, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to do this. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do what they say because that'll make them happy instead of doing what I would make me happy. I would have never gotten this and I would have never read this book to actually accept my emotions toward. Uh, that's so, that's so cool to hear. G go back to that moment in the car, kind of, I'm imagining like at the apex of feeling your frustration and you said you're very angry. Your mom's not going to even give you this money to support it. They don't really understand. What, what other emotions during that period were you uh, experiencing? What, what was kind of underneath the anger, just to kind of name the different, maybe so-called negative or disappointing emotions? The first one comes to mind is doubt. Mm -hmm. Doubt came to mind immediately because I said, well, I mean, nobody has done this in my family. No one has ever taken this route. What makes me so special? You know, and why should I, why should I believe that it's going to be me to do, you know, and doubt, uh, frustration in a sense of insecurity mm -hmm. definitely came to mind because I was like, oh, well, yeah, you're right. Like, do I have the, the work ethic to put into this to where I could be, I could voice 50 books in so many years? You know, do I have the motor to do it? And I told, I had to just reassure myself, like, yeah, you do. If you believe it, hmm. if you believe in yourself, if you say, I will do it. I won't let anybody talk in my ear and say, you can't do it because no one's done it in our family. Or do you know how many people fail at this? Hmm. That's not going to get me anywhere. So, so it sounds like that's what, you had some you had some fear and anxiety come up. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. What What about? I guess you know. I'm imagining. It sounds like your relationship with your parents overall is pretty good, and this is something that meant a lot to you. And and they weren't really just automatically in your corner. What What yeah. emotions did that bring up for you? Because that's, that's got to hurt in a way, you know? Yeah. It, it had hurt a lot because I said, I was like, you know, I wouldn't care if people that I didn't know from a can of paint said, you can't do it. I wouldn't care. <laughs> but it was the people that have raised me that didn't believe. Mm. And that's what, that's what really hurt was because I felt like I've done so much for them and they've done so much for me. And this difference in career choice was a lot for them to handle. Mm -hmm. And 
they felt like, oh, well. And two, I think it was almost, so they have their own business. And my mom has a business of, uh, she has a clothing business. And she has her own shop. And it's called My Favorite Things. It's in Fayetteville as well. And she started her business and B, maybe. And so maybe starting a business is scary and starting your own thing is scary. So maybe it was them shielding me from that pain that sometimes it's not going to go exactly as planned. So I had to think about that, that maybe they're just trying to protect me from something that's not safe. Mm -hmm. So that's what I Yeah. And you, you, you sensed very early that, you know, you didn't feel like you were able to be your true self. So there was some, there was some truth to these emotions. There was a sincerity, uh, on the flip side of every emotion, every difficult emotion is a desire. And you had this really clear desire that you did want to be a voiceover person. You did, you did want to follow, follow this dream that I guess just you just knew like this, you really resonated with, there wasn't like a lot of doubt about the, at least the aspect that you wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt in my mind that I was like, this is what I want to do. It wasn't. And I think what gave me that doubt was like, they would, they would, they would say that like, Oh, well, no one's done that. Like, you know, what, what's, what's, the, what's, so special about you doing, you know, like what's, you know, and I, I just had to realize like, why can't it be? me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's how I felt about it. I mean, what, what I'm noticing from your story is that these difficult, painful emotions, these scary emotions, they really got you to do some soul searching and ask some serious questions to take it really seriously. So I'm curious, you know, our go-to is like, I don't want to live my life with doubt. I don't want frustration. I don't want insecurity. I don't want fear. I don't want anxiety. I don't want hurt because that stuff just sucks. But in retrospect, how did those painful, difficult emotions actually help you? How did they serve you to do that soul searching to make that decision for yourself? Like, you know what? I'm going to still follow my dream despite it all. It motivated, motivated me so much and it made me dedicate time to this even more because when I remember my dad was telling me, he was like, you know, he was like, it seems like you're not focusing and, but behind the scenes, the reason why I didn't tell them that I was doing this, this, this was because I felt like they didn't understand it. So then when he had told me to my face that, I feel like you're not doing enough or I feel like you're not focusing enough. That clicked in my brain even more like, you know what? I'm going to work 10 times harder now because even though I was working hard and maybe I was like, I wasn't as consistent about it. You know, I was maybe other a day, this day, this day, this day, this day. But now it was, I'm thinking about it every second of the day of how can I get better at this or, how can I on my skills? How can I read new books so I can understand what this word means and um, how to pronounce this? 
how can I create more diction for the words that I say, you know? So it made me even more laser focused, the, the negative feedback of like, why are you, I feel like you're being unfocused, hmm. you know, it motivated me. Yeah, it flipped the switch on me. You know, when we were talking about how to go about the audio recording and, and your decisions about how to do it for the book, you had asked me how I felt about uh, you doing kind of some voices for the characters instead of just sort of reading them drier in your same inflection, but actually, you know, bring the characters to life. And I was like, hell yeah, that, sound, that sounds freaking awesome. And, and the excitement in your voice, you're like, you're like yeah, because I've been, I've been thinking about how I can do this. So I haven't even heard it yet for the different characters. So I, I'm excited myself to hear how that goes. Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I kept my same voice, mm -hmm. but I just changed the reflection in some of the voices, like whether if they're feeling painful or they're anxious or they're upset um, or even like you can feel that they're crying. I tried to like show that reflection of like, you know, a, a whimpering voice a little bit or an angry voice, like how in the book it talks about the, um, the guy in the, in the aisle mm -hmm. and how he was so angry that this person was breathing on him almost. Mm -hmm. And I tried to give the, the line that, uh, was, it was so funny to me and you laughed in the book. It was like, uh, <laughs> he says, I, you look a lot different from the last time I saw you, ma. <laughs> and I tried to, I, I tried to deliver that line uh, so many different times, like just, okay, okay. How, how do, how do I think he says this? And how do I make this delivery, you know, perfect, <laughs> you know, so people like hear it and they laugh, you know? <laughs> so like just that one line out of the 72,000 words in the book, that one line was like, I, I need to keep doing this over and over and over. Like, I want to make sure this is right. That's, that's a, that's, I love that line so much, but. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's such a great point to make too, is, uh, when we're talking about emotions, science and other stuff, uh, logic falls short, philosophy falls short and we, we gravitate towards art. We gravitate towards creating literature, music, beautiful paintings, uh, acting, voice acting. And there's just something that's divine in a way that can only be communicated through that. You can't, uh, you can't really put it in a beaker and measure it exactly, but it's something, you know, so valuable. And, and when you kind of nail it, right, when you, when you express whatever that emotional conglomeration was that you wanted to express, you put it out there and it, it, it's like so satisfying in a way, you know? Yeah, it was, it was when you had commented and when you had commented on my post, I, I kind of felt like a confirmation, you know, and I, I thank you for that, that, you know, I can do it. And the person that hears it will hear that I do care, you know, and that is genuine in the words that I say, like, even if it's a story that I didn't write or I had no, um, no ties to it in a sense, but when I read it, I can bring it to life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what 
it even motivated me even more. Like I think right after you had contacted me, like I was so ecstatic, but at the same time I was like, okay, what else can I do? Mm. What else can I do to further this even more? Like I, I didn't want to be too comfortable. Like, oh yeah, like you know, I got this book. You know, yeah, I got this book, guys. You know, I'm I'm big time. Like, no, I wanted to be as humble as possible and think about okay, all right what's what's after this you know and so i i apply on backstage to a lot of um a lot of gigs and um how i can uh further this this ball and uh that's how i figured out the uh, british documentary and they said oh yeah we want you to read some lines and uh i don't know when that should be coming out but they uh just contacted me recently and those oh my god another one you know so I think you gave me that confirmation that I can also do it too. Great. Is it too early to announce or is there a way that people could look that up for later? No, this, it hasn't been announced just yet. So yeah, it's a little bit too early. I think it's just in, they're still writing for it too. So All right. Yeah, you know, for my patients and clients, we'll talk about doing some journaling or creative outlet and it's, it can be so useful and great for, uh, expressing emotions. You know, I remember going through a, a rough time and I didn't really know what to do. So I decided to just kind of write a, a little short fictional story about what was going on. And it was, uh, the, the brilliant thing about emotions is, and it's just this constant reminder, they're not there to be fixed. They're not there to be avoided or they're not a problem. And simply by expressing myself through that medium and really kind of nailing this little piece that I wanted to do and then kind of the the feeling, the the satisfaction I got out, I noticed I didn't change any of the emotions. I didn't fix anything. I didn't change the relationship struggles that I was kind of going through. But just articulating it and expressing it in a way that could make sense to somebody in itself was was so healing. And so, you know, just finding these different ways to reiterate, reiterate that point that emotions, just the validation and acceptance and noticing and learning from them in itself can bring us back to a state of peace. And even a functional MRI taking pictures in real time of our amygdala will show that that part of our brain goes back to a state of peace simply by, by naming and articulating what the emotions are at that moment. So just a good correlation there. Yeah, yeah that's exactly what it is. And, and yeah, I, I've reiterated to my friends now that you need to stop trying to fix what you're going through because you can't. Like these are bodily emotions that you are going to feel regardless if you want to or not. Mm -hmm. That you have to understand that this is going to happen, but how can I change the perspective? And I've, I can't wait till this audiobook comes out because I've, I've told so many of my friends about that. You just need to listen, you know, just sit in your car and just listen to these stories and what, and listen to me tell them because it will give you a newfound um, enlightenment almost about how your emotions work. Yeah, you know, and, and no one reads books anymore. Even people that used to read books, you know, it's hard to read because there's so many things vying for our attention. 
the number one request I got since the book was released is, okay, when is it going to be coming out on audiobook? Because that's how people can listen to it while they're driving and, and really get it. I have a list of books that I have not read yet. I want to read, but some of them don't exist on Audible yet. They don't exist on audiobook. And uh, it's not for, you know, lack of wanting, but so, yeah, I think uh, I'm hoping that this will uh, allow more people to really get into it. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel like it will, because I think it's, it, we're in an age of like, everything is short form content. Mm. So we, we get constant dopamine hits on just short things. So sitting down and reading a book for two hours is not attractive to a lot of people. But listening to the book and listening to it in clips is is going to be the wonders of a whole bunch of people. And I feel like once they hear those short ones, I feel like then they'll be even more interested in the entire book. And so, yeah. And as much as a, you know, short story, page turner book can be dopamine hitting and be, you know, good uh, point after point after point of self-help mental health tips. This book tries to do that, so it's not as good as TikTok, TikTok, switch, switch, switch. However, you know, hopefully it keeps people's interest when they, when they can uh, focus on that. Fast forward to that point where in your story, your mom saw the light. <laughs> she, she gave you that acceptance or you, you felt like, okay, she, she gets it. What, what, what emotions came up for you at that point? I kind of still had doubt mm-hmm. because I felt like she only confirmed it because she saw other people confirm it at first. And so I kind of just felt like I was like, oh, you know, yeah, that's, that's cool. Thanks mom. <laughs> you know, like I, I kind of, I, I didn't, I still was, I didn't know how to express it still, you know, because I was like, you went from this to this, but then How did I feel exactly? I think confused. Mm. I think that's what it was. Because I felt like I still hadn't done anything yet, you know, in a sense. Yeah. You know, I I feel like I still didn't have time to prove that, you know, I have I have I, I have the gall to do this and I and I'm bold enough to do it and I know how to do it. So I think I was maybe a little confused. I like that you named confusion as an emotion because I find it so helpful to rest in that emotion. Confusion is this natural emotional state that arises when we don't really know what the answer is or we haven't figured everything out. And we can oftentimes just think, hey, this is a problem to be solved. It's not okay to be confused. It's weakness. It's bad. And we got to fix it, fix it, fix it. If you take the opposite approach and just accept it, validate it, rest in it and say, hey, I'm confused. <laughs> it sounds very counterintuitive, but you can actually find a sense of peace there. You're like, yeah, it's only a matter of time, just like all emotions come and go until it resolves somehow. But in that period of time where we don't have all the information, things are up in the air, which can last for days or weeks sometimes. It's okay to rest in that and to just say, yeah, this emotion is just reminding me that we don't have the answer yet. And, and that's okay. It's, uh, it just sort of brings awareness and motivates us to remain somewhat vigilant, you know, or to rest. Mm. 
Yes, that's that's exactly what confusion is. Because I didn't know how to feel, but I also knew that if I just keep going and the success will come, regardless if like it's not immediate, it could, I, I could, I could keep doing content, keep doing content and nothing happened for two years. But if I'm consistently at it, someone is bound to see it. And that's how I saw it about how you approach me. Like I said, if I just keep doing this, one day someone's going to say something or someone's going to have a positive reaction of it. And if not positive, they can have a negative reaction on it because the way, the way TikTok works and like, or social media in general, like whether if it's bad or good, it's attention mm -hmm. and attention drives people to talk and then talk, it continues into people like wanting you to do other stuff or wanting you to do other stuff, you know? So I just said, if I just stay consistent at this and just go on this journey and not really expect anything, but expect success out of myself, then I have no limit to what I can mm. and what I can achieve. Like I think of myself so highly and I don't mean it in a, in a non-humble way, but I see myself being on a stage one day and thanking all the people that have helped me through this process. Mm -hmm. And I, I will get there. It's just a matter of time of how consistent I can be to where I can do that. So I can be, um, recognized or not recognized in certain things like that I did under, you know, so it just, it feels so good, you know, to be able to do this and just move forward from it. And this is the first like Amazon book, audible book, and it couldn't be any other book more perfect for me. Great. It's yeah, really awesome that you're willing to talk about that at kind of at this stage and sort of your, your early, you know, career, so to speak, your, your early development and to voice that, you know, wow, you, you already have this confidence and you have this vision of where you see yourself and, and, uh, you know, this imagination, this fantasy of, uh, what one day things can and will be like, and and you're, and you're moving towards that. It's, it's really inspiring to hear. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Even like in the book, I believe it was the fifth chapter or thank the fuck you talk about, um, that you're a dreamer and just that line. I, I resonated to as well. I was like, <laughs> he's like me, but you know, he has a different path of what he's done in his life, but He's also a dreamer and I dream of this, 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 and you dream of this, 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 but we relate on that. And like I said, this is the perfect book that I could do. That's actually one of my favorite. There's so many, you know, beautiful points about emotions, but one of my favorite authors is this uh, Catholic priest named Henry Nowen, and he wrote 30 little books. One was called The Wounded Healer. And in this book, he talks about how where we are most wounded and hurt, we are also the most the same. And I kind of extrapolate that about emotions. 
when, when it gets down to emotions, you know, I don't have to know anything about you or your history. I don't have to know about the details of the story. But if you're telling me sincerely that you're experiencing doubt and frustration and fear and hurt and confusion, it's like, wow, I already kind of know what it's like to be you. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know why, but, and then when you also express these desires that you want to, you want to reach people, you want to, you want to put stuff out there that's, you know, really helping people, inspiring that that really unites people and can bring us close because when we when we really can share that high fidelity uh empathy and sense of relating to those emotions the 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 difficult ones the the happy positive ones the desires we're we're all kind of the same in a way and we can be worlds different in every other way but we can unite on that part so i think that's such a beautiful thing that you know my my hopes is that radical emotional acceptance can apply to ourselves, the individual, each other, friends, relationships, significant other, family, groups, small groups, communities, society, and even like national world politics. If we can validate our own emotional experiences and those of each other and the world, that can be a way that we can really unite, hopefully. So I don't know. That's in the works for, for the future, but I think emotions are a sacred key to, to future world peace and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You're completely right. I could see you writing like for your next book, like about, um, radical acceptance of, um, others, you know, because like, I feel like if, if everybody accepted and tried to help another person, then they would reflect on their selves and then they would help another person. They would help another person. It would just be a chain reaction of other people helping others because they have the knowledge of looking from another perspective. Right. You know, I think that's, that's even, that's even more powerful of not only yourself, but to help somebody else understand it. And this book helps other people, you know, so. It's amazing. Even in the, at the end of the book, how you talk about how you had to practice radical acceptance for you to write this book. So it's, it's powerful and you can do so much with this book. Yeah. You know, it was quite uh, a lot of fear, you know, I've always been sort of behind the scenes and, you know, never in the spotlight. So deciding to kind of, you know, put myself out there like that was, there's a lot of intense emotions. But another great point about that too is one of the big problems in society obviously is corruption, greed, criminality, and people ending up hurting and screwing over each other to get what they want. I think what we all want deep down, we want uh, the basic things. You know, we want love, we want acceptance, we want validation, we want all of our basic desires and needs to be met. And the more that we can do that, I think is the only way that we can sort of end the the need for people to try to get their so-called needs met through nefarious ways. So in order to end the problems, the ills of society, we got to give people a better alternative of getting their emotional needs met personally and collectively in a sustainable way. And then there's no, no longer going to be such a need for all of the bad stuff to keep happening. But that's that's a different rabbit trail. 
Yeah, yeah, we can go on forever to talk about that. Yeah. But, but yeah. Yeah. Any anything else coming up for you now, or any other other emotions that you wanted to talk about or share? Um. So, in in high school, I had a friend. Uh, her name was Sylvia, and we both worked at like Papa John's together and making pizzas. Mm -hmm. This is like a high school job, so like we were getting paid seven twenty five. Mm -hmm. It's 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 gruesome, and then there's so many pizzas we had to make. But um, at the time, like, uh, we became super super cool friends, and but I had thought we were just friends. And she was telling like all of our coworkers, like, oh, um, I like him. Like, I want to get with him. Like, he's so cool. And I never thought of her like that. So I was thinking we we're just friends. It's nothing more than that. And a time passed and we would hang out and go places. And I would stay at her house, like when it's just her and I, but you know, I would obviously leave like, but, um, we we went on a trip together and we went with some friends and had a good time and then i came back and then i finally started dating i, I dated this girl and she ended up like not wanting to be she she started acting weird and i was very confused i was like why is why are you acting all different now when i have i have a girlfriend and so time passed, um, we're at Papa John's and she tries to like snitch on me and tell my manager that I wasn't doing mm -hmm. my work. I'm, I'm, I'm being irresponsible. I'm, you know, trying to get me in trouble. And I said to myself, I was like, this isn't my mm -hmm. friend now. Because why would another friend try to get another friend in trouble for actually doing their job? So I had, I think about it now and I say that person wasn't my friend, you know, to begin with, like they wanted something else besides friendship. And so I had to process those emotions now that they had ulterior motives that weren't what I want in a friendship. Right. So I stepped away from the friendship and had to think back, like, this person thinks that the show should be theirs. And other people that are in my life that are my friend or my girlfriend, it's competition. And I related to Natalia on that because her husband was an overt narcissist and that everybody saw it. But you, you kind of just ignored it. And that's what I did. I, I ignored her narcissistic ways that sometimes she would do other stuff, but I would just, I would just be like, oh, you know what? She needs help. Like, maybe that's what it is. And I actually would take her home all the time, like from work. And so we got to know each other a, a hell of a lot. And I got to talked to her about like how her upbringing was. And she would always tell me that her parents were not as receptive. They, they were narcissists themselves. So it was almost inevitable that she would become one. But 
I think that's not true because if someone's a narcissist to you, you don't have to be a narcissist. Mm -hmm. But she felt like she was, she had been mean to for most of her life that she felt like she had to inflict it on other people because her core beliefs were, oh, people are just going to abandon me like my parents or people are going to hate me because I'm the way I am. And so that's what she believed. So whenever she put that on the world, it was that confirmational biasness that, oh yeah, people will abandon me. That's why Zoe stopped being friends with me. Or that's why all these other people don't want to be friends with me because everybody's just going to leave me. And that's my core beliefs. Hmm. So that, that really, um, this book really helped me identify the emotions that I felt at that time. And what, what and were those emotions and, and how did they kind of help to guide you? Because getting betrayed like that and, and snitched on by someone that you trusted, major blow. Right. Yeah. It, it felt like it, I, the actual emotions I felt was anger for sure. The shield emotions, the shield emotions were anger because I remember being like, no, I'm not taking you home that <laughs> night that she did that. <laughs> you know, like you can, you can find somebody else to take you home. <laughs> and so it was, it was anger. Absolutely. That was the shield emotions. And then I think annoyance because I was doing my job. So I was like, um, and yeah, maybe those two anger and annoyance, but the beneath emotions was betrayal. Um, confusion again. And it was, hmm, I'm trying to name another one because I know I felt something. So else. if we think of betrayal as a situation, because that's a fact, you got betrayed, right? That's, a, that's an event. You were right. betrayed. In that situation, what emotions come up for you? Sadness. Yeah. Definitely sadness, yeah. Because I was like, I would never do this to this person. Yeah. I imagine the hurt you know? or pain. Pain for sure. Yes. Yes. Pain, sadness, and yeah, I just, like, I was like, wow, like this is, this is who I consider my best mm -hmm. friend, you know? And There's a, there's a whole many, many stories that I could, I could bring up, but we'd be here for hours right. about how I've <laughs> felt in the past. But was that, that one really sticks out that a friend that I had and that I no longer Yeah, there, There's a lot to unpack there and I wish we did have more time, but I guess the final question about it is how did that confusion, sadness and hurt from the betrayal, the betrayal was the factual event that happened. How did that ultimately serve you? I mean, imagine if she betrayed you and you didn't feel hurt, you didn't feel sad, you just felt happy. I mean, you, you'd probably be pretty messed up in relationship, but uh, how, how do you think those painful emotions actually served you? It served me in a way of thinking that this person just has, this person may not love themselves or 
this person is so complex that they need professional help. So I personally cannot help them anymore because they have betrayed me. So now it's their job to understand how they did it now that I've taken a step mm. back. And, and I actually confronted this person about that and how I felt about it. And um, they kind of just shot it down. They said, oh, well, you need, you need to do your job better. You need to be better. And that's the reason why I, I talked to you that way. So it was the invalidation that I said, wait a minute. If I was actually, or this person was my friend, they wouldn't treat me the way that this person has right. just done. So I had, that's what I had to realize. And yeah, that, that's, that's really what comes to mind. Right yeah. Now. I think you did a great job of, you know, tuning into the wisdom of those emotions, you know, the curiosity that came from the confusion and then the perspective taking, and then using your emotional truth and noticing that they were not validating your emotions. They were kind of trying to gaslight you and tell you you're wrong. <laughs> and you were able to use the yeah. wisdom of your own emotional truth to help make what was the best decision for you at the time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and it talks about how Addie, she had to leave the relationship for her to feel mm -hmm. better, you know, about her and being a mm -hmm. alcoholic. So she had to say, you know what, this doesn't align with the goals that I have, or this person doesn't align with the life I want to live. My friends are self-aware. My friends take accountability for how they act. And if she had came to me and said, you know what, Zoe, like, I'm, I'm so sorry I acted like that. Like I was, I was uh, not feeling well or I was this, 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 you know, I would have forgave her. <laughs> and that's, I think that's maybe sometimes my problem is like, I'll like, sometimes when people show me who they are, I don't believe them because I think that they aren't, aren't that. But now I have had to realize like, if someone shows you who they are, hmm. believe them. So you are wise beyond your years, and uh, I feel very fortunate and lucky that you are the narrator of Give a Fuck Actually, so folks can listen to it on Audible or wherever you get your audiobooks. I don't know. Where can people follow you again? And thanks so much for being on. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. You can follow me on Not Funny Zoe on TikTok, N-O-T-F-U-N-N-Y-Z-O, and then Mogus Productions on Instagram. And thank you so, so much. Awesome. Alex. Thanks for being on. Hey guys, thanks for watching. This is Dr. Alex Wills with Give a F Actually. Make sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcasts. Thanks for watching. Make sure to check out the merch store. RadicalEmotionalAcceptance.com Bye. Bye.